Hey, welcome to the Grace Ops Podcast. Brian Phillips here with you today. I'm excited about this topic we're going to dive into. Men, take your rightful place. Before I dive into that, I want to welcome you to subscribe to our podcast. Go check out our website. This stuff's all just kind of brand new launched. Check it out. Get engaged if you're local. We've got all kinds of great events coming up, so stay in tune with our event page. We'd love to have you connected to our culture. Get Hit us up on all of our socials. It's GraceOps212. That's where you can find us on all social media platforms. Hey, I want to be... Uh, I want to jump right into this today. I want to actually lay this down quick and I want to pray. So men take your rightful place. I've been studying through the book of Malachi. There's four chapters. There's 1,093 words in the ESV version. And there's nothing minor about the prophet Malachi. At the very end, the very last phrase, verse, thought, before literally 400 years of silence goes by. And then we begin into the, the, the Gospels, scripturally. Malachi 4, 6, And he will turn the hearts of the fathers to their children, and the hearts of the children to their fathers. And then when we pick up in the book of Matthew, in the Gospels, Luke, we, we find John the Baptist doing the exact thing that he's talking about here, coming in the spirit of Elijah, turning the hearts of the fathers to the children, and the hearts of the children to the fathers. It's an assignment for men. It's not an assignment for mothers because mothers' hearts are already turned to their children. From the day they're born, the mother's heart is already turned to and in tune with the child, but not necessarily the father's. This is really important for us to grasp as men. In the Grace Ops culture, this is a, this is, Grace Ops is about virtue ethics. It's about calling us to the ethics that Christ displayed for us that Paul emphasizes, that Jesus emphasized. Jesus emphasized from the Torah, from the Old Testament. He, he, pull, he comes to show us the Father. He comes to show us the way of life, not the dogma to believe in, not the religious box to check, not the correct theology, and all that stuff's important. Don't get me wrong. But he came to show us the Father. It's a lot like the garden, when Adam and Eve had initially fell, they were in the presence of God. They had access to the presence of God. And then God kicks them out of the garden. But what does the father do? He goes with them in exile. Even now in our country, in our land, it can feel like exile with the, what's happened in our government and all the interesting things in our, in our world. And I'm telling you right now, we've got the dragon and the bride And what that's going to do is going to be something that none of us will regret and none of us will trade off. We we won't trade these days for anything. We'll be more thankful in this hour and for these days than really any amount of prosperity that God could give us. Prosperity lulled us to sleep. The church has been a sleeping giant. Like, come on. And, And the way I can prove that is we have more mega churches in our land than we ever have. But look at the moral decline. Look at the decay. Look at the the rotting gospel fruit that we have hanging from trees that people are plucking and eating and acting like it's a good meal. Spit that out of your mouth. I don't claim to be perfect. I've got my things to work on. But at large, we've polluted. We've watered down the standards. And so Malachi ends with these, there's the, this, the fourth chapter of Malachi is only six verses. It's not, 
not a lot. And there's these, there's these great tensions. This day is coming, burning like an oven when all the arrogant and all the evildoers will be stubble. That day is coming, shall set them ablaze as the Lord of hosts, so that it will leave them neither root nor branch. But there's this promise and this hope, this, but for you who fear my name. See, that phrase right there is really what the entire 1,093 words is mostly about. It all goes back to the first chapter when it's like, if I'm your father, where's my honor? Israel, I've loved you. And that poses the idea of, have you loved me? If I'm your father, where's my honor? If I'm, if I'm a master, if I'm a master in your life, in the Lord of your life, where's my reverence? Where's my fear? They were, they were corrupting the offerings. They were bringing God lame, broken down offerings, like sick animals. They were bringing them like lame animals, blind animals, sick. Like, hey, son, go get that one. It's, been, it's had a fever for three or four days. Go get that one. I can't even see. Let's bring that to the Lord. Let's bring that to the altar and sacrifice that to the living God, the God that saved us out of, you know, out of Egypt. Let's, let's take that to him and tell him how thankful we are. That's what was going on. And God confronts him says, take one of those offerings you're bringing me to your local governor. Oh, you won't do that because, you know, he won't receive that. So, yeah, where's my honor from my own people? Where, where is my honor and where is my fear and reverence? And there was four things that God was addressing, calling Israel to repent over. And here's the four. Worship had become routine. Oh, that just looks like America today. Divorce was widespread, America. Social justice was being ignored, America. Tithing was being neglected. Oh, there you go, bringing up the money thing. <laughs> yeah, it's in the Bible, so I'm going to bring it up. Um, America is doing these same four things. We're polluting the way God is received. We're polluting it by the way we live for God. Now, none of us are perfect. But we have to realize that grace, and that's what grace ops is all about, grace empowers us to live upright. It's virtue ethics. To live self-controlled, godly lifestyles that would remove the taste of death from your mouth and your taste buds. It would give you an appetite to eat what's living, what's active, to put on new garments, holy garments to build new friendships and relationships that help you live holy and blameless lives. And none of us are perfect. I, all these virtues, this virtue ethics, virtues aren't stuff that you master and check off a list. They're things that are constantly shaping you and calling you in to the, to the, uh, to the direction we were, desired, we were designed to go in. They're shaping us. They're calling us higher. They're, they're, they're helping us become better people. And we're modeling this after Christ, after God himself. So this, this whole thing that I start off with is like, you know, he will turn the hearts of the fathers to their children. And earlier on, it's like, for you who fear my name, the son of righteousness shall rise with healing in its wings. You shall go out leaping like calves from the stall. Google that sometime, or if you don't use Google anymore, search engine it. Calves leaping from the stall. It's kind of a cool thing. Like 
that first day of spring, they're just going crazy. They actually leap and dance kind of like, and, and Malachi is using this analogy that when the son of righteousness comes with healing in his wings, and this is a picture of the kingdom of God. It's like Jesus has opened the door of the stall and the kingdom of God is like this, this forceful overtaking of our lives. And we are like those calves leaping out of the stall with joy because our son of righteousness has risen with healing in his wings. So as I wrap this up, I'm not, I'm not going to talk about this for forever. I just want to lay down some really dense thoughts here for you. Men, take your rightful place. Turn your hearts to your children. And may their hearts be turned to you. You might say, oh, I missed that window. My kids are gone. They're grown. Maybe you have a good relationship with them. Maybe you don't. It's never too late to turn your heart to your children, fathers. Maybe you don't have kids. Maybe they are grown. Maybe they are out. But guess what? God calls you to be a spiritual father. He has a global family that's advancing the kingdom of God. God is a global people. We're living according to his ways so that we would sanctify his name in the earth. So I want to pray. I want to pray over everyone here on the podcast. I want to pray that men would, would see this and long for this because we're underneath a season right now of the dragon and the bride. And I guarantee you one thing, one thing's going to happen. One thing will happen. You will be awakened. You will prioritize the honor, the reverence of God. We're going to. The ch- this is the most powerful time for the American church because now the bride will be awakened. And the Babylonian church and the true bride of Christ will, will have clear separation. No longer will, be the, will there be the, this pollution in the bride. Babylonian version of Jesus, yeah, that's already mucked up and polluted. But the bride of, of the father is going to rise up in the earth and she is very beautiful and she's going to put on display his power, his might and his wonder. God's going to be our God again and he's going to help us get rid of all of our idols and fathers. He wants us to be affectionate. He wants us to turn our hearts to our children, to our spiritual children. He wants to, you know, because in chapter two, it's awesome. God's like, be like Levi, be like this priesthood, like Levi. I talked about that on, on a different episode. Are we men like Levi? It's actually one of our most listened to episodes. And what was the one God seeking? It says in here in in chapter two says godly offspring. So God was charging the men be like Levi. Now it wasn't talking about one man. He's talking about the whole tribe of Levi. Be like these priests who take responsibility before me and walk in their walk in intimacy. They abide in me. They love me. They draw close to me and they, they don't mind walking the responsibilities and the duties of a priest living a particular way, living set apart. God's like, be like that. This is a solution to the four repentance areas. Repent, but then be like Levi. Be like the Levites. And what was the one God seeking? He's seeking godly offspring. And then right here at the end in Malachi 4, 6, he's going to turn the hearts of the fathers to their children and the hearts of the children to their fathers. It's a beautiful thing. And we're going to see that happen more now than we ever have in our our spoiled, lazy days. I mean, I say this a lot. I've been asking people to follow Christ for 20-some years, and it's tough in this, uh, the land of the free, the land of the brave, the land of the prosperous, the land of, you know, we like God when we need him, but after we don't need him, we're not really sure if we like him. 
I mean, that's been our country at large, whether you like it or not. That's That's been our overall heart attitude and posture. But now it's going to change. The dragon and the bride. That's the chapter we're in. And it's actually beautiful. I'm thankful for it. So, Father, right now I lift up every man listening to this podcast. And I pray, Father, that you would that you would rise with healing in your wings. That you, the son of righteousness, would rise over these men, over their hearts, over their lives, their minds, their souls, their spirits, their families, Father, what they put their hand to for work. And that you would cause your face to shine upon them. Cause them in even new ways to go out leaping like calves from the stall. May we bring honor to your name, Father. May we have a heightened sense of honoring your name. May we have a greater understanding of, of walking in fear and reverence and love, a responding heart of love of the beauty of who you are. Help us to see your beauty. Help us to raise up godly offspring in the mighty name of Jesus. Hey, I love every one of you listening. We are here for you. We're building a culture that empowers you to live upright. We look forward to seeing you next time. God bless.